From the studios of Fractal Recording, this is The Mystic Show, episode 98. Depends on where you are in the world, doesn't it? Well, I'm Chris Curran, your host, and uh, I'm happy you're able to join me now on the show where we talk about mindfulness, meditation, spirituality, all things unseen and otherworldly, and a whole lot of personal development as well, because we love implementing these things, right? And experimenting with them. I mean, what is what is our life if it's not one big experiment? Right? And I just realized I have to turn my the ringer of my cell phone off, right? That's what you have to do when you're broadcasting. <laughs> so it doesn't interrupt you. Uh, we broadcast The Mystic Show live every weekday at 8 a.m. Eastern Time on the Fractal Stream. Then we archive every show as a podcast in three different places, iTunes, Stitcher, and our website, www.themysticshow.net. Yep, themysticshow.net. Have you been there recently? Um, We have a lot of, well, all of our previous episodes there, and you'll find links to our social media and links to the Fractal Stream. So and, and plus, you can search all the past episodes by keywords and tags and all that fun stuff. So we quickly want to thank our sponsor, Pause Your Life. Pause Your Life is a great organization which offers meetups and retreats. And really, it's for those times when you want to hit the pause button on your life. And just stop. Just stop and smell the roses and just be a human being. And that seems pretty simple. It seems, well, it might even seem like, why would you do that? But, you know, I mean, try to um, try to not sleep at all. Yeah, try to stay up 24 hours every day. Yeah, see, how, see how far you get with that. Because we, well, the truth is we have to sleep, right? We have to be active and then inactive. The sun rises and sets. The tide comes in, the tide goes out. So in the same way, we have these busy modern day lives, which is fine. And then on the other side, we have to pause. And that's what Pause Your Life is all about. So thank you to Pause Your Life. And, uh, oh, that was weird. The lights just blinked here. Hmm. Anyway, um, I also spoke with uh, Richard Shulman, who composed the uh the theme music to the mystic show it's actually a song 
that he wrote. It's a full song, um, instrumental song, piano, and it's called Flight. And he wrote it, I think, in 1985, or maybe even earlier. And I, um, we just play the beginning of the song as the intro to The Mystic Show. Um, but it's a really nice piece. And um, so anyway, I just wanted to give all you guys a heads up that maybe in the near future or sometime, uh, I still like this song and I still want to play this song, but we might be playing a different version with uh, that's not looping and it just kind of goes into other sections of the song and everything like that. So I'm kind of psyched about that. It was good to speak to Richard and uh, reconnect with him. He's a, he's a really wonderful composer. Actually, on every post on the website, there's a link to his website. So at the bottom of every episode, I credit him with the theme song. Well, what we're using as a theme song and a link to his website. So go check out Richard's website, uh, Rich Heart Music. Good stuff. So, um, Pause Your Life is actually getting ready for our first spring retreat, which is going to be in about a week and a half. It's amazing. We've been planning it for a long time, and it's finally here. We have a good number of participants. It's going to be great. Um, so you can check pauseyourlife.org for, uh, for any future retreats and, of course, meetups. And I, myself... In about a month, well, even less than a month now, I'm going on my own little retreat, which is which is uh, in Texas. I'm going to a retreat center in Texas, and I'm going to spend about a week pretty much at the retreat center by myself. Um, sometimes there's other people there, but mainly it's just... Being with yourself, meditating, you know, taking some walks, writing in your journal. I mean, and that's a real, like, talk about pausing. Talk about taking a break from your regular life. I have to tell you, it is such a wonderful experience. In fact, it reminds me of the quote that we usually use in the first Pause Your Life meetup. Uh, Let me see if I can remember it. The pauses between the words are what give meaning to the sentence. Right? You have to have words with pauses in between. We can't have just one big long word, like a zillion letters long. I mean, it doesn't make sense. <laughs> so I thought that was good. So we're going to get right into the James Allen book. I am psyched to get into this next section. Um, It's called The Secret of Abounding Happiness. And again, this is from the book called From Poverty to Power, which was published in 1901, and it was written by James Allen, the English mystic, and one of my favorites, if not the favorite. There's some... uh, There's some special connection with James Allen, which I can't explain, but as you know from reading his material on this show, listening to it, 
Uh, it's very special stuff. Very deep, very simple. Um, you know, there's a lot of times we can get sidetracked by quasi-spiritual stuff, which, again, isn't bad. Everything is along our journey, right? But there's a time we have to come back to, like, the basics, the fundamentals, the real core of what of what our spiritual journey is about. And I don't know if anyone does that better than James Allen. So this is good stuff. So let's just, uh, we're going to read a part of this today. Again, it's called The Secret of Abounding Happiness. Here we go. Great is the thirst for happiness. And equally great is the lack of happiness. The majority of the poor long for riches, believing that their possession would bring them supreme and lasting happiness. Many who are rich, having gratified every desire and whim, suffer from envy and repletion, and are farther from the possession of happiness even than the very poor. If we reflect upon this state of things, it will ultimately lead us to a knowledge of the all-important truth that happiness is not derived from mere outward possessions, nor misery from the lack of them. For if this were so, we should find the poor always miserable and the rich always happy whereas the reverse is frequently the case. Some of the most wretched people whom I have known were those who were surrounded with riches and luxury, whilst some of the brightest and happiest people I have met were possessed of only the barest necessities of life. Many men who have accumulated riches have confessed that the selfish gratification which followed the acquisition of riches has robbed life of its sweetness, and that they were never so happy as when they were poor. What, then, is happiness, and how is it to be secured? Is it a figment, a delusion, and is suffering alone perennial? We shall find, after earnest observation and reflection, that all, except those who have entered the way of wisdom, believe that happiness is only to be obtained by the gratification of desire. It is this belief rooted in the soil of ignorance and continually watered by selfish cravings that is the cause of all the misery in the world. And I do not limit the word desire to the grosser animal cravings. It extends to the higher psychic realm where far more powerful, subtle, and insidious cravings hold in bondage the intellectual and refined. Uh, 
depriving them of all that beauty, harmony, and purity of soul whose expression is happiness. Most men, most people will admit that selfishness is the cause of all the unhappiness in the world, but they fall under the soul-destroying delusion that it is somebody else's selfishness and not their own. When you are willing to admit that all your unhappiness is the result of your own selfishness, you will not be far from the gates of paradise. But so long as you are convinced that it is the selfishness of others that is robbing you of joy, so long will you remain a prisoner of your self-created purgatory. Happiness is that inward state of perfect satisfaction, which is joy and peace, and from which all desire is eliminated. The satisfaction which results from gratified desire is brief and illusionary, and is always followed by an increased demand for gratification. Desire is as insatiable as the ocean, and clamors louder and louder as, it de- as its demands are attended to. It claims ever-increasing service from its deluded devotees, until at last they are struck down with physical or mental anguish and are hurled into the purifying fires of suffering. Desire is the region of hell, and all torments are centered there. The giving up of desire is the realization of heaven, and all delights await the pilgrim there. Heaven and hell are inward states. Sink into self and all its gratifications, and you sink into hell. Rise above self into that state of consciousness which is the utter denial and forgetfulness of self, and you enter heaven. Self is blind, without judgment, not possessed of true knowledge, and always leads to suffering. Correct perception, unbiased judgment, and true knowledge belong only to the divine state, and only insofar as you realize this divine consciousness can you know what real happiness is. So long as you persist in selfishly seeking for your own personal happiness, so long will happiness elude you and you will be sowing the seeds of wretchedness. 
in so far as you succeed in losing yourself in the service of others, in that measure will happiness come to you, and you will reap a harvest of bliss. Cling to self, and you cling to sorrow. Relinquish self, and you enter into peace. To seek selfishly is not only to lose happiness, but even that which we believe to be the source of happiness. See how the glutton is continually looking about for a new delicacy wherewith to stimulate his deadened appetite, and how bloated, burdened, and diseased scarcely any food at last is eaten with pleasure. Whereas he who has mastered his appetite, and not only does not seek, but never thinks of gustatory pleasure, finds delight in the most frugal meal. The angel form of happiness, which men, looking through the eyes of self, imagine they see in gratified desire, when clasped, is always found to be the skeleton of misery. Truly, he that seeketh his life shall lose it, and he that loseth his life shall find it. And we will stop there for today. Let's uh, ponder that and take a quick break here on The Mystic Show. I'd like to thank Honor Finnegan for that song, which was the musical interlude you just heard. It is called Human Heart, and it's from the album called Human Heart. And Honor is uh, living in New York City. She meditates. She's on the spiritual path. And uh, so thank you, Honor. And welcome back to The Mystic Show. I'm Chris Curran. Our website is themysticshow.net. 
And you can find all our past episodes and uh, all kinds of good stuff. So that was uh, that was a good reading from James Allen. I mean, I mean, it's not hard to realize <laughs> most of it was talking about selfish desire and how our own selfish desires are literally the things that keep us from true happiness. So, and I mean, it makes sense because he correctly points out in my experience that when you have certain desires and you fulfill those desires, there's always more desire after that. Like it it never ends. Like there's a bigger desire. Once you satisfy one desire, there's another bigger one that's that then you realize there's another bigger one that you desire. And then once you satisfy that bigger desire, all of a sudden there's a much bigger desire to be satisfied and it just never ends. It just keeps going. And that's actually the spiritual bondage that the masters speak of is that chain of desire where it just keeps going. You desire something and then you fulfill it, but that leads to more desires. And uh, and I think in modern day life, it's, again, probably more difficult than ever because there's so many distractions, so many little things, so, m- so much uh, technological advancement and everything that there's so many great things happening, so many sensory inputs that are exciting and wonderful that, you know, we get caught in it sometimes. Um, But as always, the awareness of these truths is half the battle, right? Just knowing it and talking about it and thinking about it and maybe meditating upon it is great. It's a great start. Yeah, and so the bondage... Okay, so then the question is how do you stop having desires? And that's a tough one. Uh, Because in the practice that I do, the uh, Sahaj Marg practice, we have something called cleaning. And when we do the cleaning every day, it actually removes our, not specifically our desires, but our impressions and samskaras and, and those things that Brian Jones and I spoke about a few episodes ago. Um, So that, might be the only real way to remove these desires and kind of clear your head, clear your uh, consciousness, slowly but surely, of course. doesn't happen overnight. Um, But it always reminds me, too, of what Mystic Maria uh, encourages us to think about, that when you have... Whenever you're faced with a choice, there's usually a selfish answer and a loving answer or a selfish uh, decision and a loving decision. Um, and it's, it's interesting when you look at it that way, it really does make sense. So James Allen talks about the glutton, right? Who he likes food so much. He eats so much food. All, almost all his consciousness is focused on 
what what good food can I eat? What's around me? I think we've all met people like this. They're all focused on food. I mean, some people are just a little bit more focused on food than average, but some people, like, food is their life, and, like, literally their life revolves around food. And he mentions that the person who is always doing that, um, really, they don't find much pleasure anymore in food because they're always finding pleasure in it. And you'd think it would be the opposite, right? You'd think, oh, they love it so much, they just would love it all the time, but it just doesn't happen that way. And then he mentions the opposite person who who just doesn't think about food at all, just eats a normal, simple meal when when there's a need to eat a meal. And guess what? Paradoxically, that person finds the pleasure in eating simple food. So it's so some of these spiritual concepts are are backwards and it reminds me of my spiritual guide he talks about a a phenomena called invertendo. We'll have to talk about invertendo in one episode. Um but I'd like to finish off today's uh show with a reading from um, our other book, 365 Dao, Daily Med- Meditations by Deng Mingdao. And this small passage is called Acceptance. I read this. I think it, I like this one. It's pretty good. So there's a tiny little poem on top, and then there's a few paragraphs, and it's not long. So I'll go ahead and read it. It's called Acceptance. Drought burns basins to dust. Light rain is a dew of mockery. Receive without complaint. Work with fate. When the countryside is gripped in drought, it is useless to complain. Even when light rains fail to moisten the parched landscape, we should accept what happens. This is the way of Tao. And one who follows Tao accepts what comes. We may have ambitions to move in one direction, but Tao will decide otherwise. We may have plans for the future, but Tao will bend time differently. There are those who will cry out in anger and frustration, but the follower of Tao remains silent and goes about the business of preparation. Acceptance does not mean fatalism. It does not mean capitulation to some slaughtering predestination. Those who follow Tao do not believe in being helpless. They believe in acting within the framework of circumstance. For example, in a drought, they will prepare by storing what water is available. 
That is sensible action. They will not plant a garden of flowers that requires a great deal of water. That is ignorance and egotism. Acceptance is a dynamic act. It should not signal inertness, stagnation, or inactivity. One should simply ascertain what the situation requires and then implement what one thinks is best. As long as one's deeds are in accord with the time and one leaves no sloppy traces, then the action is correct. And there you have it. Well, we'll we'll end with that today. I thank you for joining me. I hope some of these concepts really really struck a chord in you. Maybe at least one or two ideas or concepts. Maybe you can talk about it today or maybe write it in your diary and uh, kind of remain in this contemplative vibration and focused on truth. All right. Well, have a great day, evening, night, week. Be well. And uh, as always, keep shining. Keep shining.